I speak to you this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Apropos of nothing to do with the sermon, but just a funny story, after the Old Testament lesson that we just had read to us with all that list of names, I remember when I was in seminary and we were in morning prayer at the chapel, all the seminarians gathered together, and there was an Old Testament lesson that just had this interminable list of, as near as I could tell, 50 names that a linguist couldn't pronounce. And we were in chapel, and a, my best friend in seminary was assigned to be the lay reader that day. And as he read, he, he struggled through one, two, three, four. He butchered them pretty bad. And finally, he just took a deep breath. He said, and a bunch of other guys. <laughs> Well done, Bill. <laughs> he had an appointment in the dean's office later that afternoon. <laughs> the dean said, I don't blame you. I would have done the same thing, but I have to act like I'm scolding you, so go out and hang your head. He said, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, after Christmas uh, this past year, after Christmas, my family and I were blessed to be able to go to Florida for a few days uh, before Boo and the girls started back to school. Uh, we took my parents down there to our family place in Central Florida, and it was good for all of us to be together. Uh, one day on our trip, uh, Boo and I took Maddie and Mims, our girls, to Disney World for the day, and it was a fantastic uh, day. But about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, Dad started getting tired, and I could not keep up with the girls, and so I camped out on a bench for a little while and sent them on their way to shop or eat or ride rides. I do not know exactly what they were doing, but I sent them on their way, and I, I sat there and did what's one of my very favorite things to do in a place like that is just look at the people. And there are lots and lots of people that are probably worth telling you about, but uh, I'll limit it to just one. I was sitting on the bench uh, watching people, and I noticed that there was a young man about 12 or 13 years old, uh, and he was blind. Uh, he couldn't see. And he was with uh, two other uh, kids that were, give or take, his age within a year or two. I don't know if it were they were his siblings or friends, but the three of them were together, and the two other kids were working pretty hard to uh, take care of their blind friend or brother. They were watching out for him and showing him around, and they kept talking to him, telling him all the things that they were seeing. And uh, I watched them for about 10 or 15 minutes. They had an ice cream cone on the bench, one bench over from me. And as I watched uh, this young blind man, I, I thought two things. The first thing I thought is I thought, I'm really glad that he's enjoying himself and he has these friends or siblings to show him around, to help him and take care of him. He seemed to be having a great time. He was smiling and he was laughing and I was glad that he was able to do that. The second thing that I thought is that I was sad because as happy as this young man seemed to be, I thought to myself, you know, he can't fully appreciate or enjoy this place because he can't see. And there's all this neat stuff there to see. Just everywhere you turn, there's something else to see that's just really neat and cool. Um, and, and just looking around that place 
is a joy in and of itself. And I thought he'll never get to enjoy that part of this day that his friends or siblings are enjoying. And I thought about blindness and how there really is no cure for that on this side of, uh, of death and, and eternal life. Uh, in today's gospel, look at it with me if you will. Uh, Jesus talks about blindness as one of the areas that he has come to restore and to repair and to make whole. And he gives several areas that he comes to restore and to repair and to make whole. In our gospel lesson, it, Luke tells us that Jesus has returned to Nazareth where he grew up and he has gone to the synagogue as was his practice or as was his custom and he has stood up to read and he's handed a scroll. The scroll is of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah and it's given to him. And Isaiah, if you'll remember, is one of the major prophets and one of the central themes in the book of Isaiah or in Isaiah's prophecy is the coming of the Messiah, the fulfillment of God's promise that he would send a savior and a redeemer. But Jesus opens the scroll and reads, and he reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's the first thing that he says the spirit has anointed him to do, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then ultimately he wraps it all up and says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor or God's grace and mercy to us as his people, that we are God's people and he shows us favor. And then scripture says he rolls up the scroll, gives it back to the attendant, sits down and says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Friends, in Jesus Christ, help has come. Jesus is the person that prophet Isaiah is prophesying about the one who will come to proclaim good news to the poor and to free the captives. In Jesus Christ, help has come. Christ has come into the world to do that which we cannot do, friends. Help has come. It has come to the world and it has come to you and to me as well. Scripture tells us it has come to the poor, the captives, the blind, and the oppressed. Friends, Jesus is talking about all of humanity in that group. He's talking about the entire world. He is talking about his church. And friends, he's talking about us, about you and me. Each and every one of us, friends, is captive to something. Each and every one of us is blind to something. Each and every one of us, friends, is poor in spirit and desperately in need of the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has been sent into the world, brothers and sisters, to rescue us. This is what Epiphany is all about. Jesus revealing himself to the world for who he is, the one and only Son of God. All that is required of us in this transaction, friends, is that we recognize the neediness in our lives, that we acknowledge our brokenness and that we turn to Christ. 
Ultimately, all we have to do, friends, is believe it and accept it. Friends, Jesus has been anointed by the Father, Luke tells us, to proclaim good news to the poor. And we are, friends, poor in spirit, poor in relationships, poor in our relationship with God, poor in our relationships with each other. And Jesus comes to give us good news. He's come to proclaim freedom to the captives. And each and every one of us is serving something. We are a slave to something in this world and in this life that is not working the way it should be. It may be a relationship. It may be a financial situation. It may be a health situation. It may simply be loneliness. But we are, friends, slaves to something. Jesus has come to proclaim freedom from that in him. He's come to give sight to the blind, and each and every one of us, friends, are blind to all sorts of things. We're blind to God's providence in our lives. We're blind to God's grace and God's mercy regularly. We just go through the world taking care of things day to day to day, and we miss all of the many blessings of God. Friends, it is epiphany, season of the church here, where God reveals himself to us and to the world. Christ has come to rescue us. He has come to pay the price that we cannot pay to die, to be sacrificed on the cross for our sins, Scripture tells us, and for the sins of the whole world. This is the good news that he has come to proclaim to you and to me. Christ Jesus came to save sinners. He came and conquered death for you and for me and for all who would believe. For all who would believe. Friends, Jesus Christ has come to proclaim the good news of his salvation. He has come to free the captives and give sight to the blind. He has come to save us, you and me. Brothers and sisters, my prayer for us during this season of Epiphany, where we celebrate Christ's revelation of himself to the world, is that we might indeed recognize our need, our utter brokenness before the Lord, that we might turn our hearts and our very lives to Jesus, and ultimately, through his work on the cross, his life, death, and resurrection, that we might be set. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.